The Wall Street Technology Association hosts conferences for financial services professionals to expand their expertise and strengthen industry connections. Join them on their mission to learn, connect, and innovate. Visit WSTA.org for more information. Hi, I'm Jonna Till Johnson, CEO of Nomertes Research, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Farrow, who is the co-founder of Packet Pushers. And you are listening to Heavy Strategy, the show that gives you the right questions, not the right answers. On today's show, we're planning to talk about strategies and in particular, what a technology strategy team should focus on. Greg and I have some differing opinions, so this should be a lively and interesting episode. Jonah's the consultant, I'm the consumer more often. My cynicism knows no bounds on vendor consulting and industry consulting, so let's see how we go. Well, I don't know quite what the difference is between vendor consulting and industry consulting, but it is the case that most of my clients are enterprise organizations. Where your alignments lie. Like every vendor engagement is sales aligned. So if you ever hire consultants from a vendor, it'll always end up saying, buy more of our products. Whereas an industry consultant is at worst limited to buy more of my time, but at least they are nominally independent of external influences like selling a particular product or aligning to a particular technology. Oh, yeah. And under that definition, we're both industry consultants, but I think we take a slightly different perspective. Greg, Mm. you said, you know, you think of things as bottom up with me coming in top down, which I think Mm. is a, a legit characterization. I'll kick off since I know you want to poke holes in my architecture here, my framework, but I like to think about a technology strategy team focus as good, better, best. So good is sitting down and asking yourselves the question, what's our overall goal with IT? What are we trying to accomplish? What technologies do we want to deploy? When? What selection criteria are we going to use to choose technologies downstream? And how is this possibly aligning with what the business is trying to do so we're not pulling all this out of the air because we feel like doing it? That's good. Better is to sit down and say all of that plus what is going on in technology trends, how are things changing that might change our strategy so that even though we are committed to technology X for the next couple of years, technology Y is is coming along in the shadows and is probably going to supersede it and we need to have our plans in place to move to technology Y. And I would say the best focus is to do all of that plus an alignment with corporate strategy going forward. So there's alignment with corporate business drivers today, which is a different thing. So if we say, Mm -hmm. well, we want to align our technology strategy with what the business is doing, that's great. The difference is you want to align your technology strategy with that and what the business is going to do three to five years from now, which is tricky to figure out. Mm -hmm. So what do you think, Greg? We often talk about in enterprise IT that we have a strategy. And I think the gap is quite often strategies are not well understood. So when you look at it from the practitioner level on the ground, it tends to be difficult to take an abstracted strategy of like, we're going to be a business that does, you know, uses our IT to accelerate our sales strategy and to break that down into we're going to move to virtualization and network overlay so that we can improve the speed of deliveries of service, right? And so the the biggest challenge that I've always found when you start talking about technology strategy is addressing how does this message, which comes at a high level from a strategy consultant, turn into something actionable down on the ground? I'm very cynical about it because I've seen so many consultants' engagement founder on the realities that is, right? The executives are talking about one thing and then the, the people are talking about something down the bottom. 
Well, let's talk about the ways that that can founder, because I think we had a kind of a lively discussion prepping for this. And I think you itemized a handful of ways that that beautiful, good, better, best strategy can just crash and burn when it hits reality. From your perspective, what are some of the ways that strategy goes south? I think there's a few things. One is I've worked as an advisor to or been on the opposing side of, like on the client side of, say, KPMG or Bain. Mm-hmm. You know, some Excellent. mega consulting. Now they uh, are strategy. I always love to bash those guys. So yeah, hey. or Gartner is another one, right? Thank you. And let's bash them. Let's, but you know, and they come in at a very high level, and they tend to waft around with power slides, with all of this power. You know, strange language that has no reality. It's like, you know, we could improve efficiency twenty percent by business process reengineering. Well, yeah. Or or value realization is another one of my favorites. Yeah, or market acceleration and things like this. So the challenge that I have always had is when I'm sitting there is to say to these people, break that down into actionables. And that's very disruptive. And I've actually been very unpopular to certain people because I say like, that's okay. That's great. That sounds wonderful. And yes, from a business point of view, I agree with you that, you know, we need to accelerate business and improve sales and deliver services faster. But what you're not addressing is how we move those intentions into actionable. And so if you're going to make a technology strategy and call it a technology strategy, it actually has to include some physical instantiation of actionable things. So if your technology strategy just says make business faster, move for markets, reduce the cost of IT, accelerate, move to a five-year I'm I'm going to jump in and say you're just elaborating on what I defined as a good basic strategy because a good basic strategy, as I said at the beginning, is what are we going to do when? You have to start by saying what do we do when? Mm. Or you have to at least get there. I agree that you can start with something fluffy like our technology strategy is to deploy the technologies that empower our salespeople to sell more. Great. Mm. The next question is, what does that mean? What are we going to do when? When somebody comes in and says, oh, we're going to roll out SAP onto VMware. You know, or maybe we're going to deploy SAP on SUSE Linux instead of using VMware. That's a very common one, right? Because SAP acquired SUSE, so you want to run it on that platform because then you've got a stack of infrastructure that SAP likes, for example. And same applies with Oracle or whoever's software you're using. They'll mandate a stack, right? And you might have to adopt to that. The challenge here is that then you've got an actionable project. You've got an Mm ITIL-sized gap if you want to do it that way. You've got a, a scope that you can create and say, migrate from this to this so that we can achieve that part of the strategy. But the challenge is always, if I'm migrating SAP from this infrastructure to this infrastructure, sometimes we lose sight of the why we're doing that, right? Is it just to comply with SAP's requirements? Is it to improve the speed of SAP? Is it to enable new modules for SAP? Is it to you know get better pricing from SAP? If all of those things are actually abstractions from the technology work that happens at the bottom, but the challenge is, with a technology strategy, you say, like, we're going to do this move. We're going to move this product from here to here, but here's why. How do we not lose sight of that? I'm going to treat that as a rhetorical question, but Mm. I agree that one of the, you know, we talk about the right questions or the questions you should be asking. I think one of the big questions should always be, after you've set your strategy, why are we doing everything that we're doing? And if there's anything you're doing for a reason that's not part of the strategy, then you need to second, third, fourth time revisit it. And either one of two things is the case. Either your strategy is not sufficiently comprehensive. In other words, you might be doing something to reduce technical debt, for example. And if reducing technical debt isn't part of your strategy, then you run into a problem where what you're telling people you're doing does not align with what you're doing because you're doing stuff in the background, like reducing technical debt, that you haven't pulled to the foreground and said, hey, business, Mm -hmm. 
this is a thing that is important and that we need to be investing in, which is reduction of technical debt. So I think boiling all that down, ask yourself always, why am I doing this? And be open to the answer that it's sort of like, because I didn't really ask myself this question before, and maybe it should be something we don't do. And I think that's always the hardest part about technology strategies is that this is where you start and then the middle and in the middle you get focused on the things that you're executing. And then when you get to the end, you've forgotten the reason why you started in the first place. Well, I would say actually, since the topic here is what should your technology strategy team focus on, I think one of Mm. the things you need to focus on is why you're doing anything. Mm. And that should be not just at the beginning, the middle and the end, but it should be throughout. Every day when you get up, you know, as you start your work, why am I doing this? What initiative is this in support of? And does this initiative actually align with the strategy the way we set it? Because another point that I think you wanted to make is that strategies necessarily must be mutable. They have to be able to change in response Mm -hmm. to business conditions. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes I get pushback that says, well, this was our strategy, but now the business has changed their business strategy and our strategy is no longer aligned with a business strategy. And the answer to that is, okay, fix it. Yeah. Like things no, do change, get over it. No war survives the first engagement. Exactly. You know, sort of thing. And, and yeah, I yeah. love the way that you said mutable, which is a big consulting I love that word. word. Yes. And I said adaptive. Also a big uh, consulting word, Greg. Yeah, yeah but, but a little bit more practical than mutable. Mutable actually means changeable. Adaptive yeah. means changing in response to, but they're both accurate. Consulting words interest me. Just as an aside, I've sat in so many meetings with consultants and there are consultants who use Babel. You know, they talk about, Mm -hmm. we want to create a hyperactive marketing opportunity or, you know, we want to move with the acceleration of the speed of light, you know, business at the speed of light. And it's just an instant turnoff because it's so obviously just, if you're working in a marketing team or a PR firm, then, you know, coming up with that sort of bloviation is absolutely fine. It's in keeping, but to stand in front of a technologist and use that sort of waffle words, it's going to lose you. That's actually why when we win business, a lot of times it's because we explain things in language that ordinary people, and by ordinary people, I mean people who actually accomplish stuff, Mm. need to understand. And as you're talking about that, I I remember getting into a huge challenge, let me put it that way, with the CIO at a client who just never could get below the surface of the consultant babble. And so she was always talking about, well, our mobility strategy is to enable and, you know, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but what does that mean? I mean, you couldn't even get to a very simple question like, hey, are you doing BYOD or not? Mm. Like you couldn't answer that question. And I think that's probably another thing to to ask yourself. If you're stuck with a consultant that's bloviating or your senior management has bought into the jargon du jour, I think you need to ask yourself the question of, can I answer, based on what they're saying, can I use their statement to answer a simple question mm. like BYOD, yeah. yes or no? It's time and to if, engage the uh, cover your ass strategy and you know document your responses to these issues in writing, not sit in meetings and fight back. Well, I used to do that in meetings. I used to push back on these things in meetings and say, give me actionable items out of this because I can't. And they'd say, right. well, that's your job. And I'd be looking at them going... You're the 2,000 pound a day consultant right. brought in to produce the strategy, but you're not giving me an actionable strategy. You're giving me. Exactly. So I think, I think one of the questions you should ask is, you know, whether whatever strategic initiatives you're undertaking, whether it's yip yapping in a meeting, whether it's sketching on a whiteboard, whether it's working on, you know, PowerPoint, you should ask yourself, is the end result of this going to be something that's clearly actionable and helping me make decisions in a concrete way. Or is it something I can feed into a project plan, you know, or sit down in a project review 
and say, we're sitting here with 20 million in budget and the strategy now says we're going in this direction. I can allocate 2 million in budget to this actionable item. Exactly. The end result of any strategic plan that we build for a client is always spend money here. And what's interesting is it's often not spend money with this particular vendor. It's buy a vendor in this category or a service in this category, which is another thing that I know is one of your hot buttons, Greg. You always talk about how like one of your examples is people may say, oh, my strategy is to virtualize. And yet they internalize this as buy VMware and put it everywhere. See what the WSTA is all about on March 7th. Join us for Unleashing AI, a hybrid in-person and virtual event diving into the implications of artificial intelligence on financial services firms. Together, we'll explore the vast capabilities of generative AI and delve into use cases for decision-making, cybersecurity, customer engagement, and more. You can join me, Jonna Till Johnson, as I moderate a panel session to explore best practices for managing AI with leaders from J.P. Morgan, UBS, and more. I hope to see you there. Attendance is free for qualified individuals. Learn more at www.wsta.org slash AI. Yeah, that's right. And that's always the challenge because once you get from a technology strategy, then you get to the technology execution. And we start talking about, oh, our product strategy or our Mm -hmm. implementation strategy is that we choose VMware when we want virtualization. And that is perfectly valid. That is fine to say we are going to own it. And this is one of the interesting things. What we're seeing in the market at the moment is companies like AWS and Azure and Google are downsizing and the build out, you know, the money that the, the free money, the fountain of money that was available for them to just build out. So, and the reason for that is in part is because up until now they've run these small teams. So AWS talks about the two pizza teams and it turns out Mm -hmm. that every team inside of AWS has to have, say, a database expert and a front end expert. And so now you've got a company with thousands and thousands of people with the same skill, all doing the same work over and over and over. And that is exactly what enterprise IT was set up to establish 30 years ago. Right. Because and that we wasn't figured sustainable. Out that wasn't going to work. Right. That's right. AWS has this situation now where it has thousands of different ways of consuming many different types of databases. This is just internally, by the way. This isn't externally. Yes, it, it's doing it. But every team now has to be able to have a database person who can speak five different databases. And that's a skill. It would make much more sense to have a centralized pool of database devs, you know, or a centralized pool of front end or a centralized pool of web developers or, you know, whatever it is. All true, Greg, but I think you're wandering off into the... I am a little bit. I do think it's a useful case study because AWS had a strategy which said every team will have its own skill That's not a strategy, though. That is has nothing to do with the strategy. That is an operational directive. Operational strategy, in my opinion. No, that's not a strategy. That's Mm. a directive. Because if I Mm. say, you know, Jonna will do X, that's a directive. The strategy is when you say, Jonna is doing X in support of Y, and the reason we're doing this is Z. And Mm. here is the concrete connection between what Jana is doing and the downstream result. And so every team is going to look like this, no matter what this is, is not a strategy. It's just an operational directive. So you come at this from more of a Mm top-down view, and I've often done this from a bottom-up perspective. So my engagement with strategy was often in an unusual way. I would be hired as a subject matter expert. Or and then you'd technology. run head on into flawed strategy or improperly right. executed strategy, which is kind of what I wanted to zero. Either or, yeah. Circle, and, circle back And then I this. would bubble up from the bottom and say, well, you're asking me to, I'm unclear on what you're asking. You've just told right, me to fix something. Because you don't have a strategy. <laughs> yeah. And then I would be involved in some sort of strategic consulting because then I'd say, well, if that's your strategic statement, 
here's what my interpretation of that is, and then we'd end up looping around of converging right, on right. The how do I extract something out of that strategy statement. Uh, but I do want to really hone in on that key point, which is mm. a strategy is not we will implement vendor X. A strategy mm. is we will implement a product of type X and by the way, we've conducted an assessment and we've decided that vendor X is the one that best fits for now. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that enterprise organizations make is they conflate the strategy with the vendor, with the product. It shouldn't. I mean, your strategy may be, we have decided that we are going to abrogate our decision-making in a particular area and simply mm -hmm. follow the strategy by our strategic vendor. And we're doing that to save time and energy or for some other why reason. That's legit, but it's not legit to say, as you said earlier, the case in point, our strategy is to virtualize, therefore, VMware everywhere. Yeah. That therefore does not apply. Yes. And this is where vendor consulting comes in. If you right. have decided then to implement a VMware or a Cisco network or a Juniper network or a, a HPE, you know. Yeah, HPE, or, or now Juniper. Yes, I know. HPE Ooh. and Juniper and yeah, or an whatever. IBM or whatever. That's where the vendor consulting can be valuable is because then you hire someone who's an subject matter expert in that vendor to come and advise you on which products from their portfolio to select. But right. the mistake that I've seen so many companies make is to hire the vendor consulting to set the IT strategy. That is that not aligning customer needs. The customer does not need to buy more equipment, which right. is the goal of the vendor consultant. That's why vendors have consultants exactly. is to sell more. They're a sales tool, right? Right. And absolutely. And they usually, I mean, there's a major vendor who shall remain nameless, uh, who had a really wonderful team of high level strategic consultants that actually were brilliant at what they did and didn't make any of the consulting mistakes. And then the vendor decided they were so brilliant that they got folded under the sales team and compensated by the sales team. Interestingly enough, the best and brightest quit. They were like, yeah. I'm not doing this. I can't work in the client's best interest if you're telling me my goal is to sell more of our stuff. And so many times the consulting is then aligned to marketing or to sales right. because the budget, internal budgets, right. right? This whole modern concept of, you know, once upon a time, your consulting team would have been independent, a profit center in its own right. But it's very difficult to make a profit from consulting, as you know, right? Right. You're never going to get rich running a consulting business as a general rule. Or if you do, you have to do it with you know, smoke and mirrors. And without mm. naming names, you named them earlier. I'll yeah. let you do that. But a lot yeah. of those companies do, in fact, have an awful lot of smoke and mirrors and people right. buy smoke and mirrors and so brand name. Your consulting nearly always ends up at some point under sales or marketing right. because of modern budget. Somebody has to pay for them and they don't want to, you know, if you've got a team and so many of the modern businesses like have to return 40% gross margin to the bottom line. But a professional services team will never do never does that. That's never just, does. Yeah, it's going to return 20% gross. Your single biggest cost is also a very high cost. You're not going to be able to shove that down, although people try. But that's yeah. also sort of a little bit of a side note. I think coming well, I back think to this. It's well, important when you talk about technology consulting well, or strategy consulting that you do understand the financials of it. Absolutely. Yeah. But strategy consulting is just a piece of this, though. Yes. Um, really, the question here is what is your technology, internal technology strategy team should yeah. be focused on. Whether so let's go back to strategies are adaptive or or mutable. And the answer there, you know, I just wanted to flag this. There's two things that happen to strategies is mm -hmm. people stand there and say, it's written down and they treat it like it's some sort of religious text. And it says, the word says this, right? Right. And of course it doesn't. The simple fact is that all religious texts change over time. They Don't add, tell anyone that. You know, they'll bring in rituals from other religion. 
pagan rituals or, you know, spiritual, you know, nature, whatever it is. And so you should treat your strategy as the same thing. They can be changed. So look for the key message in the middle of the strategy and say, we agreed to this so that we would achieve this outcome. So keep your eyes open on the bigger picture, right? The classic example here is, does AI change your technology strategy? Exactly. And that's a very fair question. I think any technology can change your technology strategy, but only from the standpoint of, does it help us do more of the thing we said we wanted to do in the mm -hmm. first place? And if the answer is That's yes, right. then yes. And if the answer yeah. is no, then no. And in fact, I actually talked to a technologist at a large financial services firm who had a really fantastic innovation process. Mm -hmm. And she pointed out that essentially they would look at almost any idea, but the first filter for that idea is is it going to improve our digital customer experience? Because right now, for the next five years, the single biggest thing they were going to invest in was digital customer experience. So if you came up with an idea for infrastructure, you still had to tie it back to improving digital customer experience. If not, they didn't reject it. They simply said, we will assess that once we've achieved our goal of improving digital customer experience. We'll come back and have a look at that because it may be valuable in other strategic goals that we set ourselves, mm. um, which I think is exactly the right thing to do. You know, really, comes down to ask yourself, why would we want to do this? And that mm. why has to be tied back to your technology strategy, which has to be tied back to your business mm. strategy. Now, one thing that struck me here, I've used technology strategies from companies to kill projects. Oh, absolutely. Right? So what you can say is, hang on, this is what we started off with. And now we're executing this. I can't align these. And right. it's been very valuable to have the original and go back to the original intent and say, Hang on, we've lost our way somewhere. We need to stop. Uh, honestly, yeah. I know we'll talk about this in a later episode, but one of the single biggest values of a technology strategy is it keeps you from going down blind alleys, wasting time, and piling up technical debt by buying products or services or solutions that mm -hmm. are not aligned with your strategy. It's a great way to say no. And basically, the process is pretty simple. It's like, does this align with our strategy? No. Do we need to change our strategy? Because remember that strategy is not immutable. If the answer to that is no, then ditch the project yeah. and keep the strategy. If the answer is, oh, crap, our strategy mm. is wrong, then fix the strategy. Yeah. And then it always becomes an argument. Do you stop the project and terminate it or do you restart the project with some new direction? The last thing I want to talk about before yeah. we wrap this up is the other thing is if you're living in a this world of being surrounded by strategy and are you headed in the right direction? Also, just remember to have empathy for the people around you. Or the capability of an organization to follow a strategy is yeah, that's what I wanted to not good, into. right? In my experience, so many technology people don't get any training on how to, you know, follow a strategy. And a lot of business people just assume that you know what the strategy is. And there's a massive gap there where it's a part of the communication gap that we talked about where technologists need to speak business. But if you can speak business enough... And we've talked before that speaking too much business is actually bad for technologists because it takes you away from the core activity, right? And so the challenge here is to sit inside of an organization and go, is the organization around me actually able to capable of following a strategy? And if it's not, is it your job <laughs> right. to change that? Or is it your job just to go, oh, well. And actually the ability to execute on a strategy is something that you have to take into consideration, but keep in mind the fact that it can change. So I've gone into client scenarios and helped them sketch out a strategy. And actually one of the proudest moments in my life was probably over a decade ago, building out, actually quite over a decade ago, building out a technology strategy for which one of the corollary impacts was spend $50,000 on some, on a management tool. Mm. 
And I remember walking across the parking lot with the lead engineer who looked at me and said, Jonna, you know, nice try. It's a beautiful strategy. It's never going to work. I've been trying to get this damn tool for 10 years. We walked in. The CIO said, oh, we need to buy this tool for these reasons. Great. Signed off on it. And the engineer just looked at me like, you are a magic worker. Okay, I got lucky. But that's that's rare. And it's so rare that I remember it. More common, yesterday, I had two conversations with clients. One client came back and said, hey, remember you told us to do these things last year? Well, I just did them. And it was so unusual that I posted that to the team for like a group cheer because the other (laughs) client was like, oh, remember those things you told us to do three years ago? Yeah, we still haven't done them yet. (laughs) (laughs) And life's like that. As I said, there's two types of consulting. The stuff that, you know, that top-down consulting brought in by the senior echelons. But stop with this top-down and bottom-up on this one, Greg. I'm going to push back. I want to highlight the key point here, which is what you said earlier, which is the organization's ability to execute on a strategy. And I will say some organizations simply just can't get out of their own way. And that's not the fault of the strategy or the strategists or you if you're the strategy person internally. It's not your fault, but it is a reality that you have to get your head around. And you have to think about what is possible in the organization and what you can do to push the bounds of possibility if you're in one of those dysfunctional organizations that can't execute to save itself. Okay. So this is the first in a following series on technology strategies. We've got multiple angles that we want to have this discussion. I suspect we may repeat ourselves a little bit, but hopefully the fact that we're coming in it on different angles might generate better questions so that you can find your own answers. If you've been listening and you want to join in the conversation, contact us. Maybe you are a technology strategist. Join the conversation with us. Just hit us up at packetpushers.net slash FU and send us your follow-up. Tell us what you think. At packetpushers.net, you will also find the Network Break podcast, which helps you stay current on the latest tech news and all that. And there's a whole lot more at the Packet Pushers site, so please check it out. We are a proud member of the Packet Pushers family. And to wrap up, if you want to reach me, come hit me up at nemertes.com. That's where I live. Love to talk to you. You can sign up on our community, fill out the community form, or just drop me a line. We'll look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks.